do, do pray for our pastor as he is away. Let me get this out of the way before I've already had people say something to me. I do have red socks on today. So all of you that before you just start, you know, telling me, Johnny, you know, you have red socks. Yes, I know I have red socks on. It's Veterans Day and I'm wearing Captain America socks. OK, so for all you veterans, I did that just for you. OK, I want you to know that red socks. So before you guys tell me that I have red socks, I know. I, I did it on purpose. Second Timothy chapter number two. If you want to get your Bibles and turn there, Second Timothy chapter number two, verse number one. <clears throat> Pastor has asked for me to be able to preach something about Veterans Day today, and so I want to. I've got a passage of scripture here. I want to look at Second Timothy chapter number two, verse number one. We'll look at just a couple verses right here. The Bible says, "Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus." This is Paul talking to Timothy. And he said, the things that thou hast heard of me. Paul has told Timothy many, many things. This is his second book to him. He said, the same things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same you commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. There's a pattern there that's so awesome that we ought to be able to grab a hold of. But verse number three, thou therefore... Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. This morning I want to talk about this subject, the greatest soldiers ever. Father, I pray that you'd help us today. I pray that you'd guide and direct in all that is said and done. I pray that, Father, you would hide me behind the cross. May everything that is said this morning, may it bring honor and glory to you. And we'll give you the praise, the honor, and all the glory. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. In the Bible, there's many descriptions of what the Christian life is. Running, all sorts of different things, but... Here, Paul tells us he describes the Christian life and enduring hardness as a soldier of Jesus Christ. Now, I feel my personal take is that the soldier analogy of the Christian life is one of the greatest analogies to the Christian life that there possibly can be. Now, why does it fit so well? Well, think about this. A soldier is a man of action, not just words. Right? Hear me out. Right? A soldier is a man of action, not just words. Now, if you had uh, a man that said he was a soldier and he was told to do something and he never did it, he said, I'm a soldier, I, I fight for my country, I defend my country, yet when he was asked to go defend his country, he never did it, he wouldn't be much of a soldier, would he? A Christian that says, I'm a Christian, I, I love God, I, treat, I love God's word, I tell people about Jesus Christ, but didn't fight on the front lines for Jesus Christ and do what Jesus Christ wanted him to do, he wouldn't be much of a soldier for Jesus Christ, would he? And so a, a soldier has, uh, is a man of action and not just words. His talk's going to get put to the test, right? Just when he's the most tired, the enemy attacks. That's when the true soldier gets into the fight. And I want you to listen to me this morning. A soldier is a man of action, not just words. But a soldier is not just a man of action. He's a self-sacrificing man. A soldier sacrifices himself for other people. To protect what he loves, he sacrifices his own thing. You know, Jesus Christ asked us to sacrifice some things. Matthew chapter 16, the Bible says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, what is he going to do? 
Let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. And I want you to just catch me, catch my drift for a second this morning. A a soldier is a self-sacrificing man. Someone who goes into the battlefield is thinking about more than just themselves. You know what we have in this world today is a lot of people that just care only about themselves. A world that doesn't care about anybody else around them. A world that doesn't care about what happens to anybody else. They just care about themselves. And you know one of the greatest reasons I respect veterans is because they don't just care about themselves. They care about other people. You know why I respect veterans? Because there's more to life than just them. There's other people around and it shows not just in their service and you can tell because in their day-to-day life, there's other people around them that are benefited and helped even after they're done with their service to their country. And I'm going to be honest with you this morning, a self-sacrificing man ought to be something that describes every Christian in this room this morning. Someone who is self-sacrificing, cares about the needs of others. When they see someone that needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, they go and they bring their Bible and they say, can I help you? Is there something that you need to know? Can I help you understand that there's a God that loves you and wants to spend eternity with you? He's a self-sacrificing man. You know, sometimes you may have to miss dinner. (laughs) It's okay. I know that there's been times where I've been called out and there's been someone who needs to either hear the gospel or is going through a major crisis in their life. And you know what? I've had to miss a meal. Can't really tell. But I had to miss a meal every once in a while. And I'll be honest with you, that's okay. Someone today wants to come, someone comes today and they say, Johnny, I'm struggling with some things. I'll miss lunch. My wife probably won't, but I'll miss lunch. We'll sit and we'll talk. It's, it, let me just be honest with you. A Christian ought to be a self-sacrificing man. A soldier serves. He serves his superiors. Much of what the soldier does is given to him by his commander. And when I tell you about the commander in, a, in an army sense, I'm talking now in the biblical sense when Jesus Christ gives us a command. We have a book full of commands this morning. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I get overwhelmed by going, Man, God, your will for my life sometimes can be a little overwhelming. But I was talking to someone just the other day, and I said they were, they were talking about their future and where they would spend, uh, where they would uh, go as far as after college is concerned. And we were talking, and you could tell this young man was so overwhelmed with the thought of this. And then he's thinking 10 years down the road and this. And he, his mind was so far ahead. And I stopped and I said, can I just be honest with you for a second? I said, I'm glad you're trying to think so far ahead. But I said, you're trying to look at the will of God 12, 15 years down the road. Can I just be honest with you? What's the will of God for you right now? What's the will of God for you as a member of Calvary Baptist Church? What is, a, what is the will of God for you in this time and, and place? What is it that God is asking for you to do? Sometimes I think we get too concerned with where it's going on 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road. And I'm glad that, we have, that we're, we're planning. But can I be honest with you? If we don't follow the will of God where we're at right now, there's no point in trying to, to work on it 10, 15 years down the road because you're not where God wants you right now. And so I told this young man, I said, What's the will of God for you right now? And he kind of backed up for a second. And knowing that I was preaching this this morning, I said, I guess my mind was in army mode, right? And so I was thinking, serve your commander. I said, a commander in the army 15 years down the road, that, that soldier doesn't know what his commander is going to want him to do 15 years down the road. 
But he knows what he's been commanded to do right now when he needs to do it or else it's not going to go well. And so I said, can I just be real with you for a second? Serve God right now. What, what is it that God has you to do? He goes, well, and I think it was one of the first times he had ever thought about it that way. I got to serve God right now. I got to go out soul winning right now. I need to serve God in my local church right now. A soldier serves. You know what else a soldier does? They sometimes suffer. You know, look at this verse. Thou therefore, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 3. Thou therefore endure hardness. We look at that and we go, hardness? And hardness as a Christian? A soldier is sometimes going to have to endure hardships on the battlefield. And Christian, can I be honest with you this morning? You're going to sometimes have to suffer hardships in the Christian life. I'll be honest with you, going through what we had to go through last year with the hurricane and some people still not in their house, I feel it's, it's awful to have some of the things that have happened to us happen. But can I be honest with you, Christian? There's going to be things that happen in your life where you have to endure hardships in your life and you've got to trust in God that God is going to bring Bring you through those hardships and a soldier goes through hardships just like we do as christians and so this morning as we look at this soldier and christian soldier aspect can we just say that the the christian life is so likened to a soldier and it, that's why it's one of my favorite analogies of the christian life but you know what's interesting to me is a soldier is motivated a christian soldier is a little bit different than an earthly soldier why Because they're motivated by more than an earthly soldier could ever be. I want you to think about this with me. Christian soldiers are a little bit different than an earthly soldier because they're motivated by something a little bit different than an earthly soldier would be motivated by. What's that? Well, can I tell you there's a crown that's never going to fade? Can I tell you there's a mansion that's never going to be beat? Can I tell you that there's a king that cannot lose a war? And today we serve a God, we serve a king, we serve a commander that has already won the battle, has already won the fight, and we're serving on the winning side this morning. And when we come into battle, we ought to come with our fists forward and say, God, what is it that you have for me today? What is it that I can do for you today? Why? Because the God that we serve has already won the war. And so when he says, uh, he says, uh, thou therefore endure hardness. But notice what he says. I'm going to stop. And when I stop, I want you to say the next word. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good. He didn't just say endure hardness as a soldier. Because anybody could have been a soldier at that point, right? Endure hardness as a soldier does, right? But you know what he said? Endure hardness as a good soldier. You ever know those Christians that are just ho-hum about their Christian life and don't really care what goes on? Oh, if I make it to church, okay. If I don't make it to church, okay. If I do my devotions today, okay. If I don't do my devotions today, it's not the end of the world. If I, if the Holy Spirit's pricking my heart to talk to this person about the Lord and I don't do it, it's not the end of the world. And, and that, a ho-hum Christian life. But the Bible says, endure hardness as a good soldier. I've never been one to appreciate people who do things half-heartedly. I don't, it doesn't really sit well with me. Because if you give me a task, I'm going to try to do everything I can do to make sure that task is done 100% and it's done right. That's my, that's kind of the way uh, my dad raised me. It's the way I kind of am just, I'm wired. I'm going to try to do that 100% and I'm going to do it the best I can. When I was playing basketball, I remember... That we would come into practice. Now, we practice at like 9.30 at night. <clears throat> we were in college. So 
after work schedules and everything like that, we would practice at 9.30 at night. So when you practice from 9.30 at night to midnight, and you got to get up at 7, uh, you got to be at class at 7 o'clock in the morning, you don't really come in sometimes with the greatest attitude, okay, to practice. And so we would come in at 9 o'clock trying to get warmed up and ready to go, and we would get into practice, and there would be those guys who would just kind of walk through everything, and they would just do their duty, and they would just throw the ball up, and they would kind of be lackadaisical and lazy with all their stuff, and that drove me nuts. Why? Because why are we practicing if we're just going to be lazy about it? That does nothing to help us in the future. And so I would get on their butt. I would say, would you get your butt out of yourself? And would you start listening to what's going on? And can we get to work here? Because if we're going to play this coming week, we're going to have to do a better job than what you're showing right now. And so we would get going and we would get going. But I'm just going to be honest with you, that didn't sit well with me. Why? Because it was lazy. And Christian, today, there's a devil that wants to destroy what you're doing with your life. There's a devil that doesn't want to see you do anything with your life. There's a devil, there's, a, there's the enemy that wants to come in and destroy what you have created as a family, as a life. And he wants to come in and he wants to destroy it. And if we are coming into our life and our Christian walk and we're lazy, how easy is it for the devil just to say, right there, right there. There's one right there. I can grab him. And oh, how often too many I've seen throughout the years as they just get lazy about their Christian life and they don't care anymore. And the devil goes, I want that one. That's easy. That's easy. Can I be honest with you? Families this morning, don't stop serving God. Don't stop. Don't let your guard up because the minute you get lazy with it, the minute you start saying, oh, we can pick and choose what we do. The minute we say we can pick and choose when we go to church and we can pick and choose when we read our Bible, we can pick and choose when we serve God. When it shows in that in your life, your kids and your kids, kids and those kids, kids will have nothing to do with God. It's a pattern. Those families that served God, but they kind of picked it. And then the others who knew about God, but didn't really serve God because their parents weren't very faithful about it. And then they have kids who don't even know about God because their kids never went to church. And I'll just be honest with you this morning. It sits well, it doesn't sit well with me because as a youth pastor, I want to see every young person reach with the gospel. I want to see every young person reached. Everything I do is so that we can reach the gospel to the next generation of young people so that people can know that there's a Savior that loves them, that there's a God who cares about them, that there's a God that wants to save them and see them saved from eternal hell. But this morning, don't just be a soldier, be a good soldier. So what does, number one this morning, what does the greatest soldier look like? What does the greatest soldier look like? I want you to look at this this morning. Number one, the, the, the soldier, the greatest soldier, he's loyal. The greatest soldier is a loyal soldier. When you get saved, you're pledging your loyalty to the one who created all things. I want you to think about that. Do you remember when Jesus, when he died on the cross and he rose again and his disciples saw him for the first time, but Thomas would not believe? Do you remember when Thomas, doubting Thomas, wouldn't believe? Doubting Thomas wouldn't believe, and so, so he says, I, I, I don't believe, I don't believe. And so Jesus shows himself to Thomas. And they're there in the room, and Jesus says, I want you to put your hand on my side, where they thrust that spear in. And Thomas feels his side, 
He saw the handprints in his hands. I'm sure Jesus probably wasn't wearing shoes and he saw the the prints in his feet. And you know what Thomas said? He said, my Lord and my God. You know what it was? At that point in time, Thomas took his loyalty and he said, you're my God. You're my Lord. And this morning, think back to that time you asked Jesus Christ to be your personal Savior. Think back to the time when you asked Jesus Christ to come into your life and to save you from an eternal hell. Think back to that time. And now remember about how you pledged your loyalty to Jesus Christ. And said, God, you are mine. You're not just loyal to your leader, but you know what else a soldier ought to be loyal to? His fellow Christians. You know what hurts me the most? is to watch Christians fight with other Christians. It really hurts. Why? Man, God saved all of us. We're all wretched sinners. We're all wretched sinners. And this morning, if you have awed against your brother, take care of it. Why? Because we ought to be loyal to each other. This ought to be the most loyal group in the entire state of Florida right here. This group right here. Why? Because Jesus Christ saved us to have a loyal group that could go out into our community to reach souls with the gospel of Jesus Christ so we can have a harvest festival where six young people come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, where we can put on vacation Bible schools so young people can come and they can know about Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. So we can have church services on a Sunday morning where people are encouraged to come and ask Jesus Christ to save them from a life of sin. That's why we ought to be loyal. Why? Come on, we ought to be loyal to each other and to our fellow Christians. But what causes us to be loyal? What is it that causes us to be loyal? Johnny, why should I be loyal? Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6 says this. Here's what the Bible says. And his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Why should you be loyal? Because you remember who Jesus is. You know who Jesus is? The Almighty One. The one who spoke everything into existence. That God. I ought to be loyal because I know who Jesus is. I ought to be loyal because I remember what He did for me. Romans chapter 5, verse number 8 says, But God commended his love toward us. That love that nobody can explain, that love that nobody understands, that love that nobody has yet been able to figure out. God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Let me be honest with you this morning. This morning, if you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, you ought to be the most loyal person in the world because there's a God that loved you so much, He came and sent His only begotten Son for you. You ought to be so loyal that you would never, ever, ever say, do anything that would bring shame to your Father in heaven. God committed His love toward you for that while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're sitting in this room and you would not be able to say 100% sure that heaven is your home, if you were to take your last breath today and heaven is your home, then I want you to talk to one of us this morning. There's going to be people up here at the front that want to help you, want to take a Bible and share five minutes of what God can do through a soul that is surrendered to him. And to be honest with you, what causes me to be loyal? I I remember who Jesus is. I remember what he's done for me. But then I remember that I'm not my own. 
First Corinthians chapter six says, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which you have in you, which you have of God? You're not your own. You're bought with a price, the price of Jesus Christ's son. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which is God's. Oh, I pray that this characteristic is true of us. What does the greatest soldier look like? He's loyal, but the greatest soldier is obedient. I was talking to Connie this morning, this, this week, this past week. Connie's a soldier. Were you the only lady up here? Good for you, Connie. I was talking to Connie this week, and I was asking her questions. And I was asking about what does obedience look like in a, in a soldier? I said, if you disobeyed your commanding officer, blatantly disobeyed, what would happen? She goes, well, there's different levels of, you know, if you didn't do. She goes, but at the brink of it, you'd probably get dismissed and you would be asked not to come back. I said, okay. And obedience. Somebody that doesn't take orders, a soldier that doesn't take orders, wouldn't be much of a soldier, would he? I don't think that's much of a soldier, a soldier that doesn't take orders. And today, God's given us orders. Today, God's given us things to do. Matthew chapter 28, go ye therefore and teach all nations. Hey, can I be honest with you, Christian? There's so many marching orders. There's marching orders that God's given us right here in this book. And yet many of us go about our merry way throughout the week and say, I'm going to do my own orders. I'm going to be obedient to myself. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do it how I want to do it. God's given me orders, but that's okay. A good soldier follows orders. Read your Bible. Study your Bible. Memorize your Bible. Get into your Bible. Psalm 1. The, the, read Psalm 1 and talk. It shows how a man that's planted by the rivers of water, he, his life flourishes. Why? Because he's planted by the rivers of water. You want your life to flourish? You want to be a good soldier for Jesus Christ? <clears throat> be planted where God wants you to be planted. Read God's word. Study God's word. Memorize God's word. Let it be something that you do. But a good soldier, he doesn't just look loyal. He's not just obedient. You know what else he is? He's brave. A good soldier are like those on the beaches of Normandy when the shots were pinging off the boat and those doors opened and those men took off towards their enemy. A brave soldier has one goal and that is to defeat the enemy. I'm going to get very personal for a second. Everything I do is so that we, as a church, me as an individual, we can defeat the enemy. I'm just going to put it in plain terms this morning. The enemy is all over our public schools right now. It is all over our public schools. And it is sad to watch as some of these young people are growing up not even knowing that there is a God. There are young people that don't even know how the world was created. I was sharing just this past week when we went through, I'm going through the major stories in the Bible on Wednesday nights to our youth group. Many of our youth group is unchurched. They would be considered public school. They're unchurched. Their families are not necessarily a part of what's going on here. But we are doing everything we can to reach young people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I shared, we started the, uh, the first story in the Bible, Adam and Eve. How cool is that? Adam and Eve. And you know what? I asked, how many of you have never heard? I was just curious. How many of you have never heard the story of Adam and Eve? And about 50% of the hands went up. 
50%. That's the first story in the Bible. Adam and Eve, creation and Adam and Eve. I mean, how much more simple does it get? Then the next week we went and I did Cain and Abel. And 80% of the hands had never heard the story of Cain and Abel. And let me just be honest with you. There is a world that is counting on you that are under the sound of my voice this morning to be brave. There is a world that is counting on you to be the one that stands up and says, there is a God that loves you and cares for you and that wants to spend eternity with you. Would you come to know him as your personal savior? There is a world that is counting on you to do that. Many of us aren't letting our light so shine before men that they would see our good works and glorify our father. Oh, this book right here ought to be the light. You know, when I was walking through the school the other day, I had my Bible in my hand and I had a kid ask me, what is that? <clears throat> I said, what is that? And I said, it's a Bible. And I actually had an athlete's Bible in my hand. And I said, would you want one of these? He said, what, what is it? It's a, it's a Bible. I said, it's God's word. I said, it shows you how you can know 100% sure that one day you're going to spend eternity in a place called heaven. I tried to share the gospel with him. He was kind of closed off to that. But I said, would you want one of these? In the back, there's devotionals for athletes where they can read one devotional a day. He said, yeah, I'd love one of those. So I went and I got him a Bible, brought it to him. You know, for the next couple weeks, you know what he's had in his hand? His Bible. I don't believe this young man knows Jesus Christ as his personal savior, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try to help him. And I'm going to try to be brave and say, hey, there's a God that loved you so much he sent his only begotten son. He's brave, but lastly, how, what does a soldier look like? He gets his power from on high. Can I be honest with you? It's, this is a little bit different than a, than, a, than a normal soldier. He gets his power from on high. The power of the church has never come from a preacher. The power of this church doesn't come from preacher, our pastor. The power of this church has never come from the people of this church. The power of this church comes solely from God alone. And when you and I and the staff and as a group we get before God and we seek God, this church can be better, this church can be greater, this church can do more than we've ever anticipated. Why? Because we as a group are before God and God is leading us. Pastor is not, pastor is the, is the vessel that God is using to lead this assembly. But can I be honest with you? The leader of this assembly is God himself. And so follow, as, as Paul said, and this pastor can say, follow me as I follow Christ. Let's follow Christ together. Let's get our power from on high. And as we move forward, as there's a group of people in our Englewood area that need to hear the gospel in the Port Charlotte area, in the North Port area, in the Venice area that need to hear the gospel. May we be the people who got our power from on high. We were the greatest soldier and we got our power from on high and we said, God, would you help us to be the witness I ought to be? God, would you help me be the Christian I ought to be this morning? Oh, we get our power from on high. John 16, says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace in the world. You're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Why should we be of good cheer? Ready? You know what he says? I have overcome the world. Oh, Christian, let's just be honest this morning. Get your power on from on high because at the end of the day, Jesus Christ has overcome the world. And I ended out this morning with this. 
Can I encourage you to be that great soldier? Be that great soldier. You say, well, Johnny, I have fought the fight. I have kept the faith, but I'm coming to my race, and I don't think I can do some of the things I used to do anymore. A great soldier doesn't necessarily mean fighting on the front lines. Sometimes there's support staff in, in the army. And can I be honest with you, Christians, this morning that say, Ah, Johnny, I, I fought my fight. I've kept the faith. I've, I've done it. It's someone else's turn. Don't give up. Some of you are who people like me count on. People like pastor count on. People that our young people need are people like you. Who have fought your fight who have kept the faith. But can I be honest with you? Come alongside and guide and direct those who need that. Oh my goodness, there's, a, there's never been a better time in our church for discipleship of young believers. Oh, it's so awesome. Brother Keith is leading a group of people, <coughs> a group of people right now that are discipling on Wednesday nights and they're going and they're going through God's word and they're looking through first steps and they're going through all this and, and Brother Keith is kind of organizing this whole deal. But if you're an older Christian this morning and you've been saved for quite a while and you're not discipling somebody, can I encourage you to be a great soldier of Jesus Christ and get involved and disciple somebody? Get involved and help somebody to learn more about God's word. Somebody invested in you. Now you invest in somebody else. Look at Second Timothy chapter number two for just a second the bible says in verse number two and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses he's telling it came from paul it went to timothy but he says the same thing that you heard from me commit thou to faithful men so now it's paul it's timothy and timothy now is committing it to faithful men now there's faithful men who are getting it but then look what else it is those faithful men shall be able to teach others also do you notice the pattern There's Paul, he told Timothy, Timothy told faithful men, and those faithful men can teach others also. It shouldn't just start with the pastor to the, to here. It should go from here to here to here to here to where people can hear the gospel and can understand what God is doing in a world that needs to hear about him. And so I'll be honest with you this morning, older Christians, those of you who have fought the fight, you've kept the faith, don't give up this morning. Be the, be the support that comes alongside and helps and guides and directs and disciples. But younger Christians this morning, can I be honest with you? Don't give in to the world, the flesh, and the devil. Don't give in to it. All around us today is wickedness that wants to pull each and every one of us away from the things that God has set before us. And I'm hearing more and more stories from our schools of things that are pulling our young people away from what God wants them to do. And it hurts my soul. But Christian, stand strong in a world that needs you to stand strong. Be a good soldier because of those who've gone before you. I won't take time to do it this morning, but Hebrews chapter 11 is the hall of faith. Goes through many of those who have gone on before us and have given their life or have set their life for the faith of the gospel. Hebrews chapter 11, there's so many of them, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, all those. And all those, why should I be faithful? Why should I be that great soldier? Because there's so many that have gone on before us that have fought the fight. Why? So that I could be ho-hum about my Christian life? So that I could just pick my Bible up whenever I wanted to? 
Why? So I could just go to church whenever I pleased? So I could just go to church whenever it was okay for me or convenient for me? No! Go to church because you were here to be fed from God. They served. They fought. They did what they were supposed to do so that we could have the freedom to be able to do what we do today. Those veterans, they served our country so that we could have the freedom to do what we're doing today. And those men and women in God's word who gave of their life, who gave of their time, who gave everything that they had for the gospel's sake, did it not so that you and I could have a ho-hum Christianity. They did it so that we could serve God with our life. They did it so we could serve God with what we had. The talents that you have, don't let them go to waste. Serve God with your life. Don't be a soldier that has talents that God can't use. Be a soldier that has talents that God can say, ooh, that's awesome. Oh, let's get involved in here. I got a spot for you. Many of you, I look out and I go, I got a spot for you. I got a spot for you. There's something you can do for God. Be that great soldier. Get involved in what God is doing here at this local church. I'll be honest with you. I was away this past week for a little bit. And when I stepped back on the property today, I was so excited to be able to be back at church and to be able to see what God's doing here. Why? Because God is growing this assembly. God is doing some great things here. And for me to be able to be a part of this, I'm just so excited. And you, as a group of people, ought to be so excited to see God do a work. You ought to be so excited. And today, can I encourage you, Christian, be that great soldier. Today, you may be here and you may not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You may say, Johnny, I don't know 100% sure that if I were to die, I'd go to heaven. Can I encourage you something? In just a moment, our heads will be bowed, our eyes are closed in just a little bit. And I'd encourage you to Come and see somebody here. I'll give an invitation where you can come right here to this front row and there'll be someone that'll be able to help you and guide you through that. If that's you this morning, I want to help you. I'd like every head bowed and every eye closed, please, if I could. There may be some here that say, Johnny, you you just said if there was someone here that didn't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, didn't know that heaven was their home, You just described that, and that really describes me. And can I be honest with you for a moment? The the best thing in the world that you can ever know is know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior and know that heaven is your home. One day when you pass from this life, there'll be one of two places you'll go. you either go to heaven or you'll go to hell. And I'd hate for anybody that's under the sound of my voice right now to go to that ladder. But the Bible shares how you can know 100% sure that if you were to die right now, you'd go to heaven. How many of you would be here this morning and say, Johnny, I'm not sure, 100% sure, that if I were to take my last breath right now, I'd spend it in heaven. How many of you would be brave enough just to slip your hand up? I'm the only one looking. And would say, Johnny, I don't know, 100% sure. Would you just slip your hand up? I'm the only one looking around this morning. Anybody here this morning that say, Johnny, I don't know, 100% sure. With the absence of a hand, I trust that everyone knows Jesus Christ is their personal Savior. Now I've turned my attention to Christians. How many of you this morning would say, Johnny, you talked about being a brave Christian, a loyal Christian, obedient Christian. God's given me orders. I really, I haven't been as faithful as I should, as loyal as I should, as obedient as I should, as brave as I should. And today I'm making the commitment to say, God, I'm going to do a better job. How many of you would slip your hand up this morning and say, Johnny, that's me this morning. Yes, I see your hands. I see your hands. Yes, all over the building this morning. Hands all over the building. 
I'd encourage you this morning, you can lower your hands, I'd encourage you this morning to make this place right up here, an old-fashioned altar, right at the front row or in this, on these stairs, kneel and get before God and say, God, would you help me? God, would you help me to be the Christian I ought to be? God, would you help me to be the kind of witness I ought to be? Help me to be the soldier that you've asked me to be. But how many of you this morning would testify to the fact that you know there's a battle out there? And this morning you would say, Johnny, I'm committing myself. There's a battle out there. First off, there's a battle in our public schools with our young people that need to hear the gospel. How many of you this morning would commit to praying for those of our young people that are in the battle currently, that are in the battle constantly, that are in the battle against the devil. How many of you would commit yourself and say, Johnny, starting today, I'm going to do everything I can to pray for the battle that is going on with our young people. Can I see your hands? Is there people? Amen. There's hands all over the building. Hands all over the building. If that's you and you just raised your hand, I'd encourage you as we stand. Let's stand all across the room this morning. Let's all stand. 